Hello, today we head to the Caribbean with me to swim with a fish that's the size of a school bus. And we'll also visit, of course, the Pretendomatic and continue our chat with Noah. Of course, we'll also have our What's It, The Silly Minute, Game Show, and so much more. I'm so happy that you're joining me today here on God's Great Earth. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Aguilera, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm very excited because we are going to do some pretty cool stuff today. Are you ready? Let's get going. As usual, I love to start off every single episode with some brain exercises. A brain teaser. Yeah, this is what helps us sharpen our brains and get us ready for the program. So, I'm going to give you a brain teaser which was sent to us by Michael H. in Miami, Florida. Thank you, Michael. Here it is. <clears throat> what do you toss out when you want to use it, but take in when you don't want to use it? <laughs> All right. That's a th thinker. Let me uh, give it to you one more time. What do you toss out when you want to use it, but take in when you don't want to use it? All right. Thanks again for sending that in. Of course, if you have a brain teaser that you'd like to share on the show, please go to our website at godsgreatearth.com and fill in that form right there, and it will just zap right over to me. Thank you for sending those in. Right now, though, it's time for The Greatest Adventure. And our God's Great Earth adventure today is called The Bus-Sized Fish. <laughs> My family and I boarded a small boat that I had chartered on Isla de Mujeres in Mexico. Soon we were heading out about 20 miles into the Caribbean Sea to find whale sharks, which were supposed to be migrating this time of year. Now, seeing a whale shark in their habitat sounded pretty exciting and scary all at the same time, since an adult whale shark is about the length of a school bus. Whoa. Now, when a creature is migrating, that means it's on the move. So, for the next two hours or so, our captain followed this grid pattern in search of the whale sharks. And since they often swim along the surface, they were supposed to be pretty easy to spot. And sure enough, after two hours, all of a sudden, the captain and his first mate started to cheer and point. Whale sharks off the port bow. I was traveling with my family, so my two boys and I quickly put on our snorkeling gear. <laughs> yep, that's right. We were going to jump in and swim with them. Now, <laughs> when you realize that you're about to jump in the water with creatures that are the size of a bus, be a little intimidating but knowing that they were filter feeders we knew that they were looking for plankton to eat <laughs> not people so the captain maneuvered us in front of the path of the oncoming whale sharks and at the right moment he told us to jump in now by the time the bubbles cleared we were staring at a four foot wide mouth right in front of us <laughs> whoa the interesting thing is the shark just changed course to miss us, so then we turned and swam alongside of it. Now, we were only able to keep up with it for a few minutes because they're pretty quick. Then our captain picked us up and we did this over and over again. Since we knew they were filter feeders, we did not fear them. We all have fears in life. 
By getting to know God better, we discover that He can help us overcome any fear that we may have. Share your fears in private with God, and then ask Him to help you overcome your fears. He won't let you down. Psalms 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Alrighty, it's time for the What's It? What is that thing I heard? Ha! If you've heard a sound and you've been trying to figure out what it is, well, that is this game we're going to play. Are you ready? Here we go. So I'm going to play a sound from you from nature. And of course, your job is going to be to figure out what that is. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Here is the sound. All right. Well, you can think about that for a little bit. And of course, at the end of the show, I will come back and tell you the answer. We'll see if your guess was right. Alrighty, it's time for the Pretendomatic. Oh, I love this. This is my pretend time machine. Of course, you know, Bible characters were real people. But the cool thing is, our Pretendomatic lets us have a good time going back and pretending like we're going to have a conversation with them. And the last time that we were visiting Noah, the animals were coming off the ark. That was just parked on the mountain now. And he was telling me about how intense it was when the flood was just getting started. Whoa, let's go and talk to him again. All right, I'm gonna turn on the pretend matic here and enter our coordinates. Oh, and there's Noah, still making sure the animals got off the ark, okay? Uh, hello, Noah, Noah, hello. Oh, hello, Rich. It's so nice to see you again. As you can see, we're still getting these animals off the ark. Yeah, that is so cool. I'm pretty sure they're super happy to be off the ark. Oh, absolutely. One year cooped up on this boat was very trying, but... We were not complaining, since we're super grateful that God saved us. Totally. And now all the animals are off to find a new place to live. Right. And to reproduce, too. Oh yes, of course. To multiply and be fruitful. Hope that'll go well for them. You know, the world does seem a bit trash still from the whole flood thing. I don't see a whole lot of trees and stuff yet. Yep, that's true. It's... It's gonna take a little while for all that to grow back. So, Noah, last time that we were together, you were telling me about when you guys were locked up in the ark and the flood was getting ready to start. Yes, that's right. Quite an intense day, I must say. Right, right. But you started telling me about the lightning and thunder, but then you said something happened that was even more unnerving. Can you tell me about that now? Sure, I can tell you, but... uh. I'm still not 100% sure what was happening. Okay, what do you remember? Well, the shocker came when we were just sitting on the ark. Not much was happening, just tons of rain pelting on the ark. And the ark was still sitting in the exact same spot where we had built it. Okay, right. Yeah, well, all of a sudden the animals got very jittery. And then we started to hear this very low rumbling sound. Rumbling? 
Okay. Wow. It started as a low rumble, but then the ark started to softly shake. What? Wow. What, what was going on? Well, from what we could tell, and I know this sounds crazy, from what we could tell, water was erupting from under the ground in massive bursts, as if water was exploding from underground onto the surface. Oh, wow. Yes, it was shocking. You thought thunder was loud. <laughs> this got even louder. We couldn't see very well because we just had this one little window that was mostly closed, but we could hear, and it was intense. That's right. Genesis 7:11 says the water came from two places. The springs of the great deep erupted, and massive torrents from the sky came down. Genesis 7:11. What's that? Oh, uh, sorry. Um, never mind about that. Uh, but yes, God had commanded waters from under the ground to burst up and to flood the world. And that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what it sounded like. Wow. That must have been quite an experience. It was. And after a little while, we started getting used to it, of course. Well, that is until the next wild thing happened. And we knew it would have to happen eventually. But I don't think you can ever be ready for what happened next. Wow. As if the story can't get more intense, something else happens. Whew. We'll come back and talk to Noah a little bit more in a few minutes. Hello, I love to create this show, but I also love to write books. I have several, and one series that I really think that you and your family and kids will love is the Bible Time Adventure series, where kids get to experience a Bible story as if they were there, told from a kid's point of view. I'd like to give you a free copy just to try Go to GodsGreatEarth.com and click on Free Book Offer. Right now, though, it's time for today's random nature fact. Irreducible complexity. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a powerful argument against the idea of evolution. Personally, I'd rather think that an intelligent God created me, and not that I evolved from some monkey or frog or whatever. No, thank you. Irreducible complexity means that there are certain things in nature that simply could not have evolved. The different parts had to be created together at the same time for them to be able to start working together because they are so incredibly complex. For example, a mousetrap. We've all seen how a mousetrap works. There's the wooden base with a wire hammer that has a spring and a catch and the holding bar. And of course, a nice stinky piece of cheese is optional. <laughs> The point is, every part has to be in place all at once to catch a mouse. If any one of those parts is missing, or undeveloped, or unevolved, it won't work. It either works or it doesn't. You can't have a wooden base and say that it's a mouse trap that's evolving. No, the only way it can be a functioning mouse trap is when someone puts each one of those pieces in the right place, at the right time, exactly the way they need to be. And if you try to substitute, say, the wire hammer and instead put uh, spaghetti, <laughs> it's not going to work either. There are things in nature that are millions of times more complex than a mousetrap. The only way they could work 
is if each part had to be put in place at one specific moment for it to start working. A mousetrap can't take tiny steps towards becoming a mousetrap. It's either a mousetrap with all its parts in place, or it's just not a mousetrap. It's nothing. When someone designs and puts all these working pieces together, it proves that there is a designer and a creator. And our bodies are the most complex things we know of in the universe. And the creator is our God. All right, it's time for a humor break. It's time for Silly Minutes. <laughs> I've got three jokes that I got that I would like to share with you today, sent in by Maria in Orlando, Florida. Thank you, Maria. Here we go with the first one. <laughs> Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth, because then it becomes a soap opera. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, here we go. What do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? A meltdown. <laughs> That's good. I love that. All right, here's the third one. What's brown and sticky? A stick. <laughs> All right, that was funny. It's always great to get some giggles out here at the halfway point. Thank you for sending those in, Maria. And remember, if you have some fun, squeaky clean jokes that you'd like to share on the show, just go to our website and submit some there on the forum. It's time to make your mark. Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. Do you recognize this man's last name? You've probably heard it when people are talking about temperatures. This is the man that invented the first accurate thermometer to measure temperature using mercury. He did this in the year 1714. Ooh, whoa, that's a long time ago. Just think, when you hear someone say, that's hot, think of Mr. Fahrenheit for providing us a way to measure the heat. Have you ever wondered how he picked those numbers to measure temperature? Did he just come up with some random numbers and just kind of throw them in there? Nope. He wanted something stable, something consistent. He first established a few fixed points. That's the key. So 300 years ago, the coldest possible temperature was determined to be zero degrees. His other fixed point was the temperature of the typical human body, 96 degrees. Next, he measured the temperature at which water freezes, which is 32 degrees. And for the high end of the scale, he used the boiling point of water at sea level, which is 212 degrees. So with all of his fixed points in place, it was now easy to fill in the spaces in between and create a scale. He wouldn't have been able to do any of that without some consistent fixed points. He couldn't just say, all right, uh, 110 degrees is gonna be hot tea. And he couldn't say, uh, 40 degrees is gonna be when it hails. Nope, those things vary too much. But water always freezes at 32. And at sea level, Water always boils at 212. God is our fixed point in life. From the moment you were born, things have been constantly changing in your life, but God has always stayed the same, and his love for you will never change. All right, let's get back to the pretendomatic and our talk with Noah. Okay, Noah, so you, you have me super curious. What, what was it? What, what happened that had you guys a little on edge? 
Well, I'll never forget the moment. We were all sitting around in the dining area when all of a sudden the ark just jolted over a few cubits. Wow. Yeah, we, we were totally caught off guard. One of my boys was standing and he fell down from the jolt. Rich, the, the entire boat had just moved. And it was probably only a cubit or two, but boy, did we feel it. I see. Yeah, I like you said, you knew this would happen someday, but now it was officially starting to move. Exactly. It's pretty weird since we've been working here inside the Ark for decades. <laughs> and all of a sudden, for the first time ever, it moves. Incredible. Huh, I can imagine the looks on everyone's faces when that happened. Oh, you said it. We all looked at each other in silence because we knew we were now entering the next stage of this event. Oh boy. So, uh, what happened next? Well, that first bump must have been some sort of rogue wave or something. Not much happened for a little while, but then it happened again. Another jolt of a few cubits, then again, and then again. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we can all see where this is going. Exactly. I really don't remember how long it took, but we can all clearly remember when the Ark finally dislodged completely from the Earth and began to float on the water. Wow, that must have been quite the moment. Yes, and now we had to work on developing our sea legs, because just walking from here to there in the ark, it was going to be a little trickier. All right. Plus, especially in those early moments, the ark kept bumping into stuff as it kind of dragged around half floating above the ground. We were running into trees and just mowing them over. Oh my. Oh, and also simply bumping into the earth where there was some kind of hill or something. That's right. You guys had no way of steering the ark. Yep. We were totally out of control. But we knew we were under God's control. And that gave us peace. Well, that can't be easy. I mean, we're so used to doing things our way all the time. It must have been hard to just fully trust your entire lives to God. Absolutely. And we were reminded that that is how we have to live our lives all the time. We like to think and work to try to have control over every little thing around us. But in the end, we simply need to hand it all over to God and trust Him with everything. Noah, you said that perfectly. What a great reminder. Yep. Although, yes, it's easier to say than to do. That's why every day I spend lots of time in prayer with God, just talking and sharing, telling Him my concerns and asking for guidance and blessings. That's a very good thing to do every single day. That's right. Even multiple times a day. Some days, as the ark was floating around and I was just doing my chores, I'd get lost in thought talking to God. You can really just talk to Him anytime. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be at any specific moment of the day. Right. And it doesn't even have to be out loud. 
Ha! Many times my wife came up to me in the ark to tell me something, and I didn't even hear her because I was so deep in a conversation with God. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Well, in general, though, we got used to life on the ark after some time. We got into our routines and tried to accept the fact that we were probably going to be on this ark for quite a long time. Wow, what a story. And the year-long adventure that came next whew, must have been pretty exciting. We'll have to come back in our next show and talk to him a little bit more to see what life was like on the ark. All right, in just a moment, we're going to go check out the answer to today's brain teaser and the what's it, and we're going to see how you do on the game show. Hello there. I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray our work is a blessing to you and your family. We do this show as a service to the public, and our only support comes from you listeners. So if you like what we're doing and you want to help us continue creating this show, please consider partnering with us, maybe as a one-time or as a monthly supporter. Visit godsgreatearth.com. Thank you. Okay, everyone, it's journal time. Let's get our journals out. And I think it's important to keep a journal because it's a great way to track your thoughts and to have a conversation with God. And of course, whatever you write, it's just between you and God. So my journaling question for you today is, make a list of five things that you'd like to pray about this week and write about why each one of those is important to you. By the way, if you're looking for a special journal to write in, check out our website and get your own copy of the God's Great Earth Journal. All right, everyone, it's time for Game Show! I hope you've been paying attention. I'm pretty sure you have. You guys do such a good job with that every single episode. And I'm about to ask you five whole questions. And your job is to shout out the answers if you can. Hopefully, if you're in the library, then don't. Are you ready? Here we go. Question number one. What do whale sharks love to eat? That's right. Plankton. Okay. Question number two. What two places did the water come from during the flood? That's right, from the sky and from under the ground. Well done. Alrighty, let's go to question number three. What did Noah remind us that we should do every single day? That's right, prayer time. Very good. Awesome, here we go with question number four. True or false? Incredibly complex things can create themselves. That's right, false. You have to have a creator. Alrighty, let's go to question number five. Water freezes at what temperature Fahrenheit? That's right, 32 degrees. Well done, everyone. And now it's time to reveal the answer to today's brain teaser. Did you have enough time to think about it? Did you consult with some friends, some family? Do you have some ideas of what it could be? <laughs> All right. Well, let me read it for you one last time. Here we go. <clears throat> what do you throw out when you want to use it, but take in when you don't want to use it? <laughs> the answer is an anchor. 
<laughs> you throw it out when you want to use it and you bring it in when you don't. Oh, that was pretty good. Thank you so much, Michael, for sending that in. Of course, if you have one that you'd like to share on the show, I'd love to get it. Just go to our website and fill out that form. And lastly, before we finish our show today, we must reveal the answer to the what's it. What was that sound we heard earlier in the show? Of course, I will play it for you one last time. Here it is. Oh, alrighty. Got some guesses? Well, it's time to reveal the answer. That is a Katie did. <laughs> yeah, it was like little grasshopper cricket type creatures. Cool. Wow, that was a hard one. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, see how you do in the next episode. <laughs> well, I just can't believe that our time is up here on the show. I've had such a great time with you here. Remember, like with the whale shark story, with God on your side, you don't have to fear anything. Also, whenever you see any complex living things, be reminded that a loving creator designed and created that. Lastly, let's remember to spend time with God in prayer every single day. Just talk to him on your own, as if you would with a best friend. Love God, love others, and change the world. See you next time here on God's Great Earth.